When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The obvious winners of this new stay-at-home economy that we're all a part of are companies like Zoom and Amazon, even Clorox. Today on Dumb Money, we're digging deeper to find those stocks that you just might have overlooked. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. It's day 15 of my self-imposed quarantine. Um, I know exactly where I've been spending more money. I know which companies I've been spending less money on. Uh, I've spent hours trying to figure out which stocks I think might benefit the most from everyone being cooped up. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Amazon. Um, I've been watching more Netflix than usual. That Joe Exotic documentary, are you guys watching Tiger King? So great, dude. I'm only on episode... (laughs) Three, so don't tell me anything past episode three. I love it. I finished it it this weekend. It's amazing. I am ready to uh, invest in my own Joe Exotic theme park in Oklahoma. So (laughs) I know it's amazing. Who's with me, (laughs) dude? I I I will invest in that all day long, man. I will all day long. Mm -hmm. I'm in. I'm in. So um, today we are talking about those less obvious choices. My methodology here was to take the obvious stocks and research kind of the offshoots, the competitors, the suppliers, that sort of thing. Uh, So my example here, Clorox, you can't find Clorox wipes anywhere. The stock was up like 20%. I think it's now only up like 4%, but it's a classic defensive stock play for a situation like this. So I looked into companies like Purell, which is a private company. You can't invest in it. They have like 500 million of revenue. But even if I could invest, I would not invest in them because it's a generic product that pretty much everyone's making. Like uh, vodka brands are making it, perfume factories are making it. But Lysol, another product you can't find anywhere, is actually made by a public company, the Wreckit uh, Ben Kieser company. It's, it's on the London Exchange. So it makes it really difficult for us to trade because there's a tracking stock in America. But they also make Airborne, by the way. Did you know that? Oh, that, that could be it. That's the Lysol everyone. people make Airborne and a bunch of other brands. So how do you know how big uh, the Lysol component is of their portfolio? Is it a tiny piece or? Well, at least in their U.S. market share of the brands that we have here. And I and I haven't been able to do a lot of research on them, but um, Lysol and Airborne are their two biggest U.S. brands. But oh. They have a lot of uh, other brands, cleaning brands that they have in foreign markets what what's the tip what is so it trades on an adr which is essentially if, if for our audience that doesn't know understand what an adr is for foreign stocks uh, often uh what they'll do is they'll take a subset of their shares and put them in basically securitize those shares inside of an american depository receipt is what it's called and that trades on its own ticker symbol mm-hmm. here on the u.s stock exchange so that Americans can easily trade 
stocks that are based abroad. Um, and the, those ADRs are supposed to mimic the actual stock price. So if the actual stock of a European company goes up 5%, the ADR should theoretically go up 5%. Um, I don't trade a lot of ADRs because they're not as liquid as the actual um, core company where it trades on its primary exchange. And if you're trading a lot of money, like we tend to do, um, hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars in trades, um, these aren't really liquid securities. And I don't like trading e-liquid securities. But if you're trading smaller dollars, you know, ADRs are fine. I used to trade them all the time. Uh, Here, Dave, I'm pulling up. The, there's actually, you know, two symbols, one that ends in a Y and one that ends in an F. Um, just to see kind of how they track with the London stock. It looks like they were pretty much in lockstep until they fell lower. It is the red line. Is the red line. Uh, okay, got, got The got green it. one is the original exchange in London. And okay. then the orange and red are, are the two tracking stocks here. Um, R, RG, RBGLY and RGBPF. So really, both of them, though, it's trading essentially even since the start of this. Down even, it looks like, right? Down a, a few little down. And that's, that was what was a little bit interesting. They are, you know, and, and I really have to do way more research before I would even consider investing in these. This is more my example of the kind of, you know, the, the thought process I was going into. You know, I can't find hand sanitizer. I can't find Lysol. It's sold out. So those, you know, this happens to be a public company. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's interesting. Um, I like it, Dave. Nice. So what, what Any more like, like that? I know I know that you have several that you, you've picked. I know that I have at least five that, you know, I, I might consider. So, so let me tell you about my methodology first. Uh, different from yours, the thing that I'm most focused on is trying not to make big trades in uh, pandemic companies, right, on the long or short side, where as soon as we get some pandemic relief, uh, meaning that, you know, as soon as this thing looks like we see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's going to be over in a few months, um, all of a sudden these trades completely fall apart because everyone's like, well, now that we're going to be out of the pandemic, I'm going to take my profits in that and start buying normal stuff. That's actually a big part of my methodology too. I'm, I'm mainly looking for companies that I would want to be a part of for the long term, which is why this, this Lysol company is not a company that I want to be in long term. But I, the ones that I'm looking at are stocks that I've wanted to own. And I think that they've been hit. They will do well during the pandemic and they will, I think, be, do even better after. And, and on that note, honestly, some of the obvious trades, that's why we love some of these, you know, before I talk about the undiscovered uh, tickers, some of the obvious trades that we've talked about, I think, do kind of follow that methodology. Like, you know, TDOC, I think it, I think the pandemic is really just the spark to light the fire of telemedicine. I think this is a multi-year trend. I think Zoom uh, media, you know, ZM. Uh, same thing. I think that's just the start of something way bigger. I do think Zoom is going to retract some once this pandemic is over. I think I'd like to actually double down in it at that time when everyone's taking their profits. So that's kind of a future trade that I'm planning on. Um, you know, I, I, I think 
Uh, even one of the, you know, I don't know if you would call this an undiscovered trade or not, but, you know, one of our viewers a few weeks ago wanted us to talk about Activision. It's a stock we've traded quite a bit in the past. And I do believe that Activision is a really strong trade here. It's something, I, you know, I bought a bunch of shares, I think a week, week and a half ago. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile is on fire right now. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, which is kind of you know their their new platform base where you can play you know it's it's kind of like uh, yeah um, you know you can kind of play with an infinite number of you know of, of people uh, and it's based on microtransactions right so it's that new format uh, that we're familiar with now that that's taken over gaming I think Activision is going to be really strong really really strong this quarter next quarter uh, will that continue after this I'm not quite so sure. Um, but maybe one of the trades I've spent a lot of time on was a company called Turtle Beach. That actually came from one of our viewers. Turtle Beach uh, makes gaming headsets. It's a company I've traded in the past. Um, it was a trade uh, that was really popular in 2018 when, oh my God, I'm, guys, I, I need to get more sleep because I'm losing my mind here. The, <laughs> the, 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 the video, Fortnite, Fortnite, I'm sorry. Fortnite uh, was like the biggest deal in the world for Turtle Beach because as soon as you started playing Fortnite, you want to be able to talk to your friends so you'd get these gaming headsets, right? So you can kind of have this kind of sparring, you know, gaming kind of conversation going on. And it rocketed the company. And I don't, you know, they never really kind of recovered since then, right? They never, that was like their big pop. Um, but uh this could be the next fortnight for them, this whole pandemic, because you have 100 million plus kids uh, that are stuck at home playing Fortnite again. On top of that, you have you know, all these other games, Call of Duty. Everyone's at home playing games. The problem is not only are they playing games, but their entire family is in the house, right? So people are like, Chill out, put some headset, put a headset on, right? Like, I don't want to hear, you, you know, the TV blasting all day. So everyone's wearing headsets now. Um, do you have that Google, can you pull up a Google trend chart day for gaming headset? I think that's a really good tag. Yes. Little um, Beach. Hang on one sec. And so Turtle Beach makes gaming headsets, right? And, you know... I don't love the company. It's just, it's not a company that I would want to own long-term. It's a niche product. There's not a tremendous barrier to entry. They do kind of have great distribution. They have a reputation, but there's a lot of Chinese knockoffs. It's not, it's not a company I really want to own long-term, but could it be a trade here that's maybe going overlooked because it's such a small company? I, I, I think so. Um, there's gaming headset. Now, that big spike you see, that's their that's their holiday spike. They get that every holiday. If we were to pull up a five-year chart, every holiday season they have a huge spike, of course, because kids get gaming, new gaming systems, and we have an increase in headset purchases. But look at the spike at the end there. That's almost as big as their normal holiday uh, search traffic, which is pretty impressive, right? And now if you think about it, uh, we're about to go through a multi- your product recycle on gaming um, uh, platforms with the new PlayStation and the new Xbox coming out this fall. And that is a really big cyclical thing for the headset market. So that was already kind of a positive for these guys going into 2020. And now they have this other huge positive. So 
it's looking to be a really great year for uh, Turtle Beach, you know, ticker symbol H-E-A-R. I picked up some shares this morning, you know, after doing the research this yeah. morning. I don't, I don't love, listen, I don't love it. Uh, I, 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 but I do like the fact that they have another positive even <clears throat> after the pandemic with this whole kind of refresh cycle in gaming platforms. And I think it can be a pretty nice short-term trade. It's not a big trade for me. It was a small trade, but I liked it enough that I, I, I picked up a few shares this morning. Um, also, uh, uh, this is a good one that you're going you're gonna to laugh today because this is something I've been promising to do forever and I just haven't done it yet. Uh, you know, we have like a, over a thousand people that want a copy of my book, Laughing at Wall Street, and I filled out that form, <laughs> right, on uh, dumbmoney.com, no, dumbmoney.tv forward slash book. Put your address in the U.S. and we'll send you a free copy of my book, Laughing at Wall Street. This is stamps.com. I got my stamps.com package in the mail so that I can actually ship all these things out from my house now without having to go to, you know, the post office. And Stamps.com is just one of those companies that's been around forever. Um, what people don't understand is that they kind of dominate. They dominate the shipping from home industry, the, the small business shipping, the package shipping industry. If you think about companies like Shopify that are enabling all of these small businesses uh, to sell products around the world through Amazon and everything else, that's also what Stamps.com does because Stamps.com has actually acquired most of the shipping companies that allow you to actually aggregate all of your shipping and figure out which who's going to be the cheapest between UPS, FedEx, and the U.S. Postal, uh, US Postal Office. And so yeah. if you want to ship from home, like how many people do you think right now, all of a sudden, if they own businesses, they maybe do this from an office and they go to the post office, they go to, the, but now they're going to do it all from home. Right. Look at it. That's a search. That's a search. Uh, uh, that's a search chart on Google of people that are searching for ship from home. Hey, look at that spike, guys. That spike at the end. It's unbelievable. It's a 2x spike. Right. So I'm thinking this has to be a net positive for stamps.com. So what's interesting about stamps.com is for years uh, they have been making their money mostly from a revenue share agreement that they have with the U.S. Postal Office. Um, now, this last year they lost that revenue, maybe it was a year, year and a half ago, they lost that revenue share agreement with the U.S. Postal Office. So they canceled their exclusivity deal with the USPS. That killed the stock. The stock, I think, can you pull up a stock chart too? The stock, I think, went from like, yeah. it went from like 300 to 30 or something crazy like that. Um, because that was like their core business. Well, recently they now signed a pretty big agreement with UPS. And so now they're partnered with UPS and the stock went up all the way back up to like 150 bucks a share. So look at that guy. I mean, well, that's that's recently this year. But if you go longer term, five year. Here's their five year. Yeah. If you go to a five year, look at what happened when they lost that USPS agreement. And then the big rise back up there that happened very recently um, was their um, UPS agreement. So that stuff that we're looking at actually doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic. But I think the pandemic is a big net positive for stamps.com. Uh, 
And I mean, we'll see. Let's. I haven't. I mean, look, that, look at that chart, though. Look at the percentage change compared to the S and P over five years. Totally right. Totally. So here's the other thing about about it's nuts. Here's the other thing about Stamps.com. They their investors uh, are. It's really a high beta stock. Like it moves all over the place, and it could make some, these really big moves. So who knows? I mean, once the market figures out that they've had a huge jump in traction due to the pandemic, maybe you see a pop in stamps.com. I don't know. I, I am I mean, not. They, they popped big right when the uh, when the market started to crash. Right about here, they had their earnings release. They rocketed, and the rest of the market fell apart. Yeah, that yeah. was all the UPS announcement. Yeah, that was all. Yeah, so that, that was announced. Yeah, that, that was UPS. And, and, and then they've actually come down quite a bit, I think, since then. But I had so I haven't bought the but stock. But that was yet. that was also February twentieth. So th there was like this split between you know the stock. This stock was was doing well, and the rest of the market that was going down. Yeah, no, that's totally. that's an incredible rise there from, it is. from the date. Let's see if I can line it up all the way to their earnings. They're uh, still up thirty three percent, where the market's down twenty two percent. Yeah, but but again, a lot of that rises due to UPS, and very it really wasn't a corona, it wasn't a, a pandemic thing. So uh, I think that you know I haven't traded it yet. I'm not like a hundred percent sold. I'm thinking about it, but those it's just one of the companies that once the thing I like about Stamps.com from what I'm reading from people that have been using it for years for their business, and not just Stamps.com, but all their subsidiaries like their ship. Companies, I forget the name of it. I should have written it down. Uh, they have these shipping subsidiaries that they've acquired. They're really, really sticky. So once you start using them as a small business, and you you kind of get them integrated with your workflow, it's yeah. you're not going to leave them for another provider. So people say there's. No, a I, I, I actually trade. used one pretty extensively when we were shipping memory cards off to editors for dumb money. Mm -hmm. I started using this one called Ship Gooder, and they may have been acquired by Stamps.com, but they let you compare prices between the post office. They had a discounted rate off of the post office normal rates, like Stamp.com, uh, but it also showed you the UPS and FedEx rates, which were always higher. Yeah, and, and, and so the, one of the companies, they've spent half a billion on acquisition uh, acquisitions. Um, but one of the companies they acquired, like they get you some, they get you like really good rates, right? Because they, they get you the equivalent of like Fortune 500 rates um, on on shipping because you wouldn't ordinarily. Oh, so they're called ShipWorks. ShipStation is a big one. ShipStation yep, Station, Ship is a big one. Yeah, ShipStation is owned by Stamps.com. And like, you know, I was reading comments on people that use it and they're like, dude, they're like, they could, ing I read this one comment this morning. Uh, it was a comment actually on Seeking Alpha uh, on an article from someone that actively uses it for their business. And he was like, they could increase their rates at ShipStation by 100x and I wouldn't drop the service. That's how sticky it is. And so what that tells me is that, you know, if a lot of people end up moving to these platforms because they're forced to over the next 60, 90 days and it's that sticky, they'll probably keep those customers once they get into their workflow and they're used to doing it themselves they'll probably continue to keep that business. And those, that's one of the things that I'm really looking for right now more than anything else. If I'm going to invest in a pandemic trade, I don't want to completely fall apart after this is over. So that's yeah. kind of, it's kind of interesting to me. I haven't, like, I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, uh, but definitely, definitely considering it. Um, 
So I, I do have one other that I re I'm really excited about, okay? And I, like, I want to talk about it, but I'm not going to talk about it yet because it's a pandemic short trade that I think is a little bit undiscovered that is also something that one of our subscribers told us about that I promised to research. Uh, I did pull the trigger on it this morning as a short trade, but before I get into that, I want to finish the long trades. And Jordan, I don't know if you have any. I know, Jordan, we were discussing, um, I don't know if you had a chance to look into them, like, uh, what's it called? Crowd, uh, CRWD. What's yeah, that called? CrowdStrike. Yeah, CrowdStrike. And then there's another one, uh, uh, EVBG. Yeah, Everbridge. Yeah, Everbridge. Do you know anything about these guys? I looked into them a little bit, but like it's kind of outside my, the scope of my expertise. The neat thing about CrowdStrike, I, I feel like there's a lot of smart people working there because they, they actually um, were part of the team that the government used to figure out some of these high-profile hacks, right? So like uh, the big uh, Sony hack and um, the DNC email hack, they actually contracted with CrowdStrike to help figure some of these things out. So these guys know what they're doing. I think, um, you know, what I like about CrowdStrike is that, yeah, I mean, they do cybersecurity. It's not super exciting, but I think companies, you know, after all of this happens and they're going to get in their boardrooms and try to figure out, hey, if something like this happens again, we need to actually be prepared and not be doing, you know, crazy stuff on the fly, getting people up and running. And so they're all going to have plans in place for how to get their workers working remotely smoothly, just in case there's another issue. And then maybe they even um, let some workers cycle in and out of the office a little bit more. So I think um, I think they'll be doing, they'll have budget in place for, you know, some of these, uh, for some of these companies that uh, so are going to secure, you know, their networks, right? It's CrowdStrike, it seems like CrowdStrike is focused, what makes them interesting is that they focus a little bit more or they have some expertise on remote workers. Yeah. Is that what you've seen as well? Yeah, I mean, they so they do, they do, they've got a whole suite of packages, right? They've got, um, you know, antivirus and stuff that sits on a local computer. They've got, um, uh, you know, some slim monitoring that sits on the actual network side, but the but they're powered, um, all the data analytics and all the number crunching in their dashboards are powered on the, um, on the cloud so that you can really, um, you know, they can, they can do a really good job of letting you know what's happening um, real time in your network, um, which I, is really important to these people. I just wish we would have thought of this one when they're down at 30 a week ago, right? Like it's, it's yeah. hard yeah. to buy them after they've, popped up that much and i right. that's why i was looking at them you know this weekend i was like yeah, ah, it's it seems so obvious and in, in hindsight that um you know that basically they're from what i from what i've read their phone is ringing off the hook right now um yeah i, I mean it's a stock so, that certainly should not as should not have come down that hard with the rest of the yeah. market they just did because everything did and it's just so they, they, my they, work from home though when I when I think of work from home stock, I didn't I didn't even get to that one. Um, I I think what have I actually used myself? And uh, Fiverr comes to mind. They they IPO'd last year. They had a little bit of a rough start, but uh, since about October, their stock has just been on fire. And this new stay at home economy where people are working from home, both you know it's it's kind of like the gig economy workplace you know marketplace for. Yeah. People doing creative work. Uh, we we had our T-shirt designed by a Fiverr dude. So um, that Dang, that's that, interesting that's to me. Awesome 
Well, Dave, can you show their um, stock? Have they dipped at all, though? What's their stock chart look like? That's yeah, dude, let's pull I it would up. never, I would not have thought about that, but you're right. I think kind of Fiverr is definitely one of those companies that would potentially benefit right now. And they look, there are, they are down for sure there, right? They're, they're down, definitely down from their top. And if you, if you go back, they, like I said, they had a rough start when they IPO'd. Let's see if I can go back to where they began. So they, they went straight down at the beginning, but they've, they've been coming right back. And, you know, where we see the, the rest of the market falling apart, they've really done well. So it's, it's the kind of marketplace that I'm interested in. It's, it's an interesting play to me. The other one that is similar that I didn't like as much, you know, obviously I like DocuSign. I like Zoom. Uh, those, are, those are the obvious picks. Uh, Upwork. Upwork is another one that we've, we've actually used. Um, but I, I like Fiverr better than Upwork. Yeah, I, I don't understand the Fiverr UI, but I think it's like a Gen Z thing. Like, I, it's it's a weird UI for me. Um, I tried to use it a couple of times, and it just seemed really I don't know. It was awkward, but obviously you, people like it. It's it's the internet. Like it it took me seven minutes to search through the people that I wanted to uh, consider. I placed an order with one. He got back to me within 24 hours. I had a first draft within 24 hours after that. It was it was like an amazing experience. And I paid right through the platform and I tipped them through the platform. It was really cool. Um, just a little side note here. I don't want to get into comments yet, but I just saw a comment uh, at 1121 uh, from Ashadula Rasul. So, Chris, you mentioned Seeking Alpha. Would you recommend that as a source of info? And, you know, I, I want to say this. Like, we're data geeks, right? We, we subscribe to everything, and we have, like, a lot of premium services. So, yeah, I'm a premium subscriber to Seeking Alpha. Like, 90% of what – 95% of what I see on Seeking Alpha is just garbage. I, I, I have no interest in it for the most part. But – it is an area like I'm more interested in the comments than the articles. So I do yeah. I do kind of read the articles, but I always look for the comments because you never know. Like today on stamps.com, I didn't really even read the article, but I found a comment from someone who's a big, big consumer of one of their subsidiaries and wrote a really eloquent review of how important and sticky that company yeah. is to his business. And like, that's why I read things like seeking alpha not, not really for the, you know, the amateur analyst, by the way, some of the amateur yeah. as, as a website, I really like their, their searching tools. I like their, you know, it's a very, I, I like it as a, as a website. Um, some of the articles I like some are, are overhyped, but it's, it's a pretty good resource. But, but listen, it's all about for us, we consume everything everything and what we especially love to consume is information and data that's off market off wall street maybe kind of you know a, a, a bit overlooked whether it's you know stock twits or seeking alpha or reddit message boards i mean we don't we don't love a lot of the financial stuff um a lot of what we do has nothing to do with financial web boards but even on financial web boards, sometimes you'll get people that are kind of crossing the barrier between I'm a consumer of the service and I'm also an investor. So I want to ex kind of talk about what, you know, what it's like to be a consumer of that B2B service, in this case, stamps.com. Yeah. And so you can you got to figure out how to decipher the noise from the good stuff. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll look at everything, including Seeking Alpha. Um, Jordan, how about that other EVBG? Uh, this is like. 
the weirdest what, what are they called what's the name of the company everbridge everbridge it's so weird they do notification software right an emergency management software for companies all sorts of weird stuff so it's like it's like this weird conglomerate of um information aggregation and notification and, and things like that i mean they do um stuff for healthcare workers they do um um notifications for like weather you know if you're uh you know some sort of company that depends on nice weather or you need to make a response in an inclement weather event, um, you can get notified on all that stuff. Um, they've got dashboards for all these things. You know, I've never really even heard of the company before we started looking at it. But uh, it's one of those things that, like, when everything's going right, you're like, eh, who cares about these notifications? But, you know, when things are going really wrong, people are like, hey, how do we get our workforce? So maybe this is – Maybe this is one of those, um, you know, watershed events where, you know, you get the boardroom together and they're like, hey, how do we handle, you know, big, uh, you know, big issues like this, especially when our workforce is scattered across the city now or scattered across the nation um, and we don't have everybody in a single office. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, they, they could get a bump from from a situation how, like this. How did you guys find this one? I, it's not a company that I'm, I'm familiar with. Just searching. I, I I've just been searching everywhere for any anyone that's talking about uh, anything related to the pandemic, you know, companies that would benefit or that are related to it. Like searching all kinds of news stories about you know how culture is changing or how you know corporate uh, buying patterns are changing, and these are just companies that came up uh, yeah. in the mix of that research. And I would be kind of more interested. In it, but they, they're up so that's, much. Like, that's what I'm gonna say, look man. at that. They're up so much on this. <clears throat> what? That's what I was gonna say. They're flying high right now. You know, I mean they're not they're not up as much as like a zoom or anything like that, but they're you know, they're they're up there. They're they're definitely up there, right? They're way overpriced right now, in, in my opinion. And you know, I still think that we have a lot of room to go down. So I'm not jumping into these plays, but these are these are companies that I'm looking at, knowing that there's kind of a, a shift in mindset and a shift in the way people are working. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I am. Um, by the way, guys, I want to admit something right now. I remember when I bought that uh, Royal Caribbean last week at 23 bucks a share. Yeah. I sold. I should. And I'm wearing my cruise is going to cruise shirt too. <laughs> nice. And I feel so guilty. So listen. I feel like I'm keep I'm keeping those my options, my sixty dollar call options. I'm just going to keep them just to roll with it, right? I'm just rolling with it. But I did sell that stock this morning. I'll tell you why. I sold I, a nice gain. It was like sold it for twenty nine and change. So I made like a thirty five percent, thirty five percent on that RCL trade. Uh, I'm keeping yeah. my options, but uh, I, I my call options. But I sold the shares because after doing some research, I feel like. I feel like cruise stocks are going to be the battleground of Congress, like where they're like, we're not going to like, I know Trump wants to give them the money, right? Like he's been stated that. And by the way, there's, there's people that are saying that, that Carnival was one of his big advertisers on The Apprentice. So I don't know if he has some relationship with the cruise oh, no. lines as advertised, but I know that he wants to. So I know that his team wants to give them the money, but co- I think Congress is going to be like, Dude, they're not American companies. We, you know, there's this whole war that's about to start, and I just, yeah. I, I think they're. It, it at doesn't risk. seem like an industry that the government needs to prop up to continue. It's, it's like an unessential business, and 
it's not great for the environment and it's not an American company and, and it, they're, they're not paying taxes. So, well, it's essential for cruisers, Dave. It's essential for cruisers. Well, cruisers got a cruise. <laughs> I know, they're going to cruise. So maybe, maybe just um, in a different way, smaller, yeah. smaller, more intimate riverboat cruises. Correct. So anyway, I, I, I took some of my Royal Caribbean off the table this morning because of that. Um, I just want to kind of get more information on how that's all going to play out. Listen, the second that I think they're going to get their money and come out of this, I'm going to potentially double down again on, on, on the cruise companies if they're at the right levels. Uh, but I want to put that out there. Uh, all right. So the one I want to talk about right now uh, was actually, you know, it's a company that I never traded before. It's a company that I kind of know about, not through our investment research, but just from our daily lives as being restaurant and bar owners. Um, it, it's a company that someone mentioned last week or the week before. This is Cisco, not Cisco, the technology company, but Cisco, the food supplier to restaurants. And this is such a fascinating company because they are like, they own, like they own this category of food supply for restaurants, for schools, for hotels, for any type of events, for cruise ships, um, for hospitals. Like, basically, they do not virtually sell any food to grocery, okay? They're, they're not in the selling food to grocery. They're in selling mass amounts of food, ready-to-go food, to restaurant and restaurant-like facilities, like schools, all this stuff, right? And so you look at their mix. I think they're like 64% of their revenue is selling directly to restaurants. And then, in fact, let me, I have some information. Let me, let me read it out in terms of revenue breakdown. I haven't verified this, but from what I'm reading, um, over this is from someone else's comment on one of the uh, boards I was reading. Over 90% of Cisco's revenues or at risk, 62% restaurant, okay? That's in trouble because they're only doing delivery now, you know, a little bit of curbside. 9% education government. Well, the government's, you know, they're gone too, actually, because they're not working from the government. They're working from home. So that's gone. 9% travel, leisure, retail. That's gone. That's like cruise ships, you know, hotels, all this stuff. 12% mm -hmm. other, I don't even know what the other is, quite honestly, but the other is probably more of the same. Dude, I think that they could be in bigger trouble than anybody even thinks. Now, listen, they have come out, they've, they've pulled another billion and a half dollars from their credit line, okay, to kind of help their liquidity issues. They have massive amounts of, they have, they have debt, they have tremendous receivables they have i think it's like billions of dollars in receipts it's the receivables are really? so high from restaurants yeah so basically they have to pay the manufacturers for the food and then they get paid from the restaurants and i don't think they're getting paid from any restaurant for the food the, the bill i think they could have the biggest write-off in the company's history from all the restaurants and hotels and cruise ships and, and schools and everyone that owes them money for the food that they bought a month ago that they're not going to pay them for because they're like broke, right? And then on the flip side, by the way, hospitals, they're still paying. So hospitals is like the one market they're still getting. Meanwhile, Cisco can't not pay their suppliers, right? Because yeah. that, that would screw them. So they can get caught in the middle here. Now, here's the interesting thing. 
But don't you think uh, they might be one of these essential services that the government deems worthy of, of bailing out because they are a, a supply chain for food? And, so, Dave, there's, you know, they want restaurants to get back in business as soon as you can open the doors. Dave, I do think they're going to get government money. I do. I think that Cisco, I just did some like top of the sheet math. And it looks like they could be in really, really big trouble financially here in just a few months, even though they're known as being really financially stable. This is a financially stable company. Their credit rating is really high. They're not like the type of company that's at risk. But if you look deeper into the receivables, and if they don't get a lot of those receivables, and 80 to 90% of their customers just stop paying them, they have so many employees they're already the rumors is they're they're, they're laying off uh, drivers as we speak. I even read some comments that were really interesting to me, saying that their drivers are not normal drivers. Their drivers are like specialized because it's such hard work to deliver just crates and crates and cans and food supplies to restaurants. It's such a specialty driving job that. If they lose a lot of these good drivers, their business is just going to get destroyed trying to, to find those drivers again because it's just a tough market. So it's not necessarily that they're going to go out of business because I, I do see the government potentially bailing them out if they need the money. But I think their business is going to get rocked. And here's the big thing. They're a dividend company. They are like one of the most like they're one of the best dividend companies in the I think they were paying like paying like a 5% dividend but they've like one of these companies that have raised their dividend for like every quarter for like decades and so the people that invest in Cisco they're investing in the dividend but guys I don't think they're going to stop I I don't think they can continue the dividend now they can borrow government debt right but here's the catch so they can they get government money yes but can they get government money? I don't know. Is the government package allowing them to pay dividends? Isn't that one? Of the, is that one of the rules that they're putting into place? That you can't. I know they're going to stop buybacks. I don't know how, what they're doing about dividends. But they could borrow money to continue the dividend for a few quarters. But man, I think they're at real risk of cutting that dividend or maybe eliminating it if this gets really ugly. And that this stock could fall apart if that has to happen. And if it looks like restaurants are going to be shut down for two or three more months, yeah. dude, this is, th I mean. No, it, it would be catastrophic. And their their current dividend yield is 3.56. Okay. So um, so I shorted Cisco this morning. Not like a huge trade or anything, but I shorted them because I just feel like. I, just I, a I straight short, not options? Just a straight short. It's like, listen, I. How much is it going to go up? You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it's it, pull the stock. Did you pull that stock chart yet? They were yeah, so yeah, they've we recovered. Have. They recovered a bunch, right? And like they've got all the way down to 29 bucks a share, 30 bucks a share, and then popped all the way back to like mid 50s. And now they're yeah. coming down. Friday they were down four eight percent. They're down again today, pretty big. Um, and like, but they could easily dip back into the thirties, you know what I'm saying from here. So, and look, worst case, are they going to pop back up to 80? I don't think so, man. Like, could they pop to 60 if the things start to get better? Absolutely. I'll take that loss. You know, and that's not a huge deal on a short. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that that's, I, I, I'm really appreciative for whoever it was that came in and kind of brought that to our attention. I spent a lot of time this weekend researching them. And I, I for me, it's a really nice, 
you know, it's a really nice short. You, Dave, you know how bad restaurants are hurting right now. Like they're oh, hurting. Sure. I mean, a lot of them. Here's the thing: a lot of them aren't going to come back, right? If we lose twenty percent of restaurants, that's a pretty substantial piece of Cisco's business that could take years for them to get back. Years because they don't deliver. Gro- now they said they're going to try to kind of maneuver some of their business to grocery now, right? I think that's what the company said. And who knows, they might have some success there, but that's a whole different market or how successful they're really going to be. they got competition in that space. I don't know, man. This doesn't look good for Cisco. I feel the same way about Cisco as I do about Yelp, quite honestly. And I took that <laughs> Yelp short off. Um, but they're, and- they're very similar in that their primary revenue comes from the restaurant industry and the restaurant industry has ground to a screeching halt because dining in is no longer allowed anywhere and takeout business is a money loser. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a money loser and it's a fraction of the you know, total. Which when it, when it comes to the stocks that I was looking at, I was looking at things where I'm spending more time, more money and delivery is definitely one of those things. So I'm using DoorDash. I've uh, signed up for the free trial of their DoorDash premium service because now you get discounts off of the delivery or whatever. Um, There's Uber Eats, uh, Grubhub. I don't like Uber because nobody's ride sharing. that That doesn't seem like a good investment. DoorDash is still a private company. They actually just uh, like last month uh, applied to have their IPO, but still no idea uh, when that's going to be. Grubhub was struggling. They were losing, uh, they lost $18 million in 2019 on $1.3 billion of revenue, which it's only getting more competitive in this space. Um, they say usage is way up right now, but that restaurant, and uh, you know, restaurants are signing up, but the fees are so high, restaurants lose money when they use them. So my alternative to Grubhub, a company that I actually would like to be in, Domino's Pizza. And that may be kind of an obvious one, but it's substantially outperformed the S&P. It's been doing that since long before we were all told we had to stay home. It is off of its highs right now. Um, I I looked at the others like Pizza Hut, which is uh, Yum Brands, and they're a conglomerate with uh, Taco Bell and... KFC and and uh, they had to close all of their express locations. They are hiring, I think, thirty thousand workers uh, across KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and one other. I also looked at Papa John's. Uh, they crashed worse than the S and P, but they're also hiring, I think, twenty thousand people. Um, but my my pick here is Domino's. So, Dave, Dom, most people don't realize this. Domino's is like the best performing stock of the last decade. Is that crazy? Like better than it Amazon? Out of better control. Than let, me, let me just pull up a chart of Domino's re- real quick for you. This is this is a five-year chart on Domino's Pizza. So he, he, but here's the thing about Domino's. So, like, you're right. Like, Domino's, man, those guys can just execute, Dave. Like, they execute on everything. And it's the, one of the first companies I thought about. Was like Domino's, Can I just show you, know? you Domino's compared to my favorite index, the S&P 500? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I should have put all my money in Domino's five years ago, and I would be a billionaire right now. I, listen, listen, Dave, okay, they've crushed it. They've crushed it. But here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know because is, I looked at their Google Trends chart on Domino's, and it's like it wasn't as strong as I thought it would be right now. 
and I really wanted to invest in Domino, but I was I was just looking for the data, and I haven't. The stock is still so high. Like, what's the recent stock? Like the recent, the ninety day or something like that. Let's, have they really dipped? Have they really dipped that much? They really days, haven't. They spiked on their earnings and have been drifting down since. Yeah, but no, they're all the way back up almost. I mean, look, I mean, they're yeah. not. They're really like right up there, man, at all time highs. So I'm not saying that Domino's. They're definitely going to thrive right now. But I just don't see as much opportunity on the upside from where their stock's trading at. It's just, it's insane how strong the stock is. It's crazy to me. Yes, so I, how, you know, con- how uh, health conscious the consumer is right now. I mean, it's yeah, absolutely insane that this has done so well. Yeah, but but Jordan, you say that, but but it, it's a bifurcated consumer base, right? So yeah. you're totally right. The consumer's really healthy. But there's still a section of the world that's ordering pizza all the time. And Domino's has destroyed their competitors. I mean, they have destroyed Pizza Hut and Papa John's. Better Papa technology. Papa really done anything good for themselves. You know? Yeah. Better <laughs> UI. Better everything. Domino's has just crushed it. But listen, I just I love Domino's. I just don't know how much more upside there is there. And by the way, talking about the restaurant industry, Dave, I mean, we just – my restaurant – you know, we would normally we'll do like twenty five to forty thousand dollars of business on a Saturday, right? Um, so we went all out this week advertising our new delivery business, right, and, and our curbside delivery, and we're able to deliver mixed drinks now. You know, kits, drink kits, and all this stuff. We crushed delivery. Like we sent mass emails, texts to everyone in the neighborhood. We crushed it. We were celebrating on Saturday, celebrating. And we did under three thousand dollars of sales for the day. Yeah. And but but we were like so happy, like we could. That's ten percent of what we used to do. Um. And we thought it was but the biggest. Your people got ever. to work, and your people got paid, and your people were you know had somewhere to go and something to do and get out of the house and you know. Well, well the problem you're running is- the cleanest restaurant in town. You're the one place that I'm one hundred percent confident ordering from, even <laughs> yeah. though you're I'm outside of your delivery range. Uh, no, Casey still delivers no, for not. me. Nice. No, you're not. No, you're not, Dave. We changed that. Did as you, ex- three did you expand? We the whole park cities, all the park cities. Nice. Everything free delivery, and listen, we're paying all of our employees anyway, so we might as well use them to do something like deliveries. That's that's why we're getting so aggressive with this. But man, it's like, dude, you know how much money Cisco's losing from our restaurant and every restaurant like ours, and we're doing better than most right now with our delivery. I, I, I don't know. So anyway, Domino Domino's is definitely a viable. It's a it's a viable candidate. It's one that's that that's at. just one of my picks. Another one that you know, it's a company that I've invested in the past. It is the obvious one. Facebook getting you know all kinds of crazy traffic, but very weak ad sales because nobody really needs to advertise. Um, I'm super worried about them for that reason, Dave. Like honestly, <laughs> you know how many Facebook advertisers are small business and. God, I think it could be it's a I huge, think, it's a huge part of their, but that's what brings me to my alternative, which is another one that I've wanted to kind of get in, but I've been waiting for it to come down. And this is an opportunity. You're going to laugh. Snapchat. Oh God. Why would you say that? Why? It had a, it, it was up 180% in 2019. It is down big right now. It has recovered some in the past week. It's still down 30% year to date. People are at home. They're spending more time on social media. Facebooks and Instagram, they have their stories just like Snapchat. Snapchat anymore. It's all TikTok now. Yeah. Well, well, I, thing. 
But I, I, if I you agree look at with you. Snap, Snap has had the ability to, like, they, they figured out their advertising strategy and they are less dependent on those small, medium businesses. They are all brand advertisers. Oh, that that's that's valid and that's true. And I will say, even though I think they are the worst in the sector, the worst, uh, maybe they can just ri rise with the tide of increased web traffic and having the right advertiser mix. I'll give you that, Dave. But I cannot get behind Snap. I just think Snap, for so many different reasons, like I said, TikTok crushing them from one side, Instagram from the other side. Um, I don't know. It's you might you might be right, but I I can't yeah. I can't get excited about I can't get excited about Snap. But it's it's interesting. I, I don't understand Snap anymore. It's not a it's not a it's an app that's still on my phone, but that I haven't used in forever. But they have figured it out, and they were up last year, and they're growing, and their users are apparently they came back. You know, they, there was this whole time when when nobody was using Snap, but now I think. People are using Snap. Now, TikTok's another great one. TikTok's what? – what is TikTok owned by that big company, though? Yeah, not, not a soft bank. They're owned by – here's the problem with TikTok. The company that owns them in China, you know, it's the largest company in the world, basically. Top yeah, so it's not going to move the needle yeah. for them. And Snap actually is basically a single-product company right now. Uh, even though they want to diversify and become a camera company or something, they're, they're – um, well, look at that. I would I would like to own Snap. Uh, you you own you go own them then. I I'll <laughs> you, you do it. Every dollar um, you spend on Snap, I will go buy I'll go buy Microsoft. Can I tell you well, I actually prefer Microsoft and I own Microsoft. Snap is one of those that I've been sitting waiting to um, maybe Ugh. consider it. And now, you know, down let's see, year to date, they are down 28%. Yeah. A company that was up 180% last year. No, thank you. Uh, what, what? Hey, guys, you know what company... I just put Microsoft on the screen so that you can see, yes, Microsoft is is winning. <laughs> you know a company I'm so upset I didn't short on the big pop because I hate this company so much. And this is the, this is the opposite of the type of, of trade I'm talking about. This is the type of company where the second we're out of this whole pandemic... They are just going to come roaring back. I mean, just come back to go back to terribly depressed pricing, right? Blue Apron. Blue Apron is, a, I think, a terrible company. They were doing terrible before this. They had this pop that was so undeserved because temporarily a lot of people are going to go out and get Blue Apron just to get food in their house, basically. And they're going to cancel their subscriptions instantaneously. I mean, nobody stays with Blue Apron for more than a month or two, right? Look at that. I wish I would have shorted them up there because I, I still might short them right here, quite honestly, because I just think that the second I start to see light at the end of the tunnel, I'm shorting Blue Apron because, like, no way are they going to stay up at these levels. I'm writing that it. down because I also need to short Blue Apron. Right? <laughs> Sometimes so, you actually have a good idea, Chris. All right. There you go. <laughs> company that I wish I would have bought more of in this last little dip is Home Depot. Really? Home Depot. Um, and there's a Home Depot pretty close to us. Okay. They are killing it right now. Yeah, because because people are just doing home projects, yeah. right? Yeah. The only thing that worries me is, uh, you know, any of this new home construction or uh, if 
people stop like renovating their houses and stuff like that. But as far as like home projects, people are going nuts on home projects. Right? Yeah. So, so you know what? I, I, there's one element of that I really like, and it goes back to the methodology I'm trying to adhere to right now, which is I think when this whole thing is over, Jordan, yeah. there's going to be a tail on it for Home Depot because you might be midway through one of those yeah. projects, right? Or just at the beginning of it. Dividend stocks. So they're, you know, anybody that's a, uh, chasing dividends right now. I mean, the yield on that thing is in the threes, right? So people are going to be like all over it. It's a high quality, just just a good stock. Yeah. I mean, that's not, a. I wouldn't call it an undiscovered pandemic trade necessarily, but I I agree with you that it's going to live on for many, many months as people continue these home projects. Well after the route. Pulling out of that guy whenever, you know, we're in the clear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not bad. I might actually, I'll I'll make a note. I might add a little Home Depot now um, to my portfolio. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it some more. Um, So, is that what's great about this show? Is, is you, you get to see our ideas as we come up with them. Um. By the way, okay. So, should we start digging? By the way, this is. You know how many of these ideas actually were spurred on from our subscribers, which is so cool. Um, if you guys, have I, I just some have a ideas, couple more I want to run through real quick, yeah. and then we will definitely get to the comments. We have a ton of comments to get to, um, and I just got word that uh, one of Megan's friends, Joe, is watching in uh, England right now. So we have an, a worldwide audience. Um, so another one I wanted to talk about was the obvious one: Netflix. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but the less obvious one for me, obviously Netflix uh, has that crazy Tiger King, uh, Ozark, which I need to watch, but Roku. So everyone has Netflix or at least someone's password, but I've bought two Roku devices since this thing has started. It has Disney Plus, it has Apple TV, it has Amazon, it has Hulu, Netflix, YouTube, HBO, my DirecTV channels. And every time I enter my password and connect another one of my services that I'm already paying for, they're getting some revenue. And two-thirds of their revenue comes from these extra logins. I'm using them more now than I ever have. I'm at home watching. It's not just Netflix. They get they get benefit from all of those services. Their um, revenue in 2019 was a billion dollars just from this uh, side revenue. It's It's actually the majority of their revenue, but it comes from... Uh, that and their their user revenue is up twenty nine percent year over year. Their their per user revenue. Um, they they also have player that you know they they get a little bit of money when they when you buy one of their devices. But Apple can't beat their device price. Their you know Apple TV is way more expensive. Uh, Amazon has a cheaper and product. Dave, but it's, it's more about the integrations with TVs and the devices anyway. It's Roku's future is all about integration into TVs. And and, and so it but doesn't their, matter. Their integration fees is a, about a third of their revenue. Their subscription, you don't even have to pay Roku directly. They get rev share from all of the services you watch. So regard, they don't care which service you watch. They have them all. Yep. No, listen, you know, I like Roku. It's controversial. I'm, I actually bought it well before this whole pandemic and have gotten slaughtered in my Roku. I held on. I haven't sold any of my Roku through this. If you wanted to buy Roku, you guys you guys didn't buy it before this. Are you buying it now? David, are you in I'm, Roku I'm now? I'm buying it now. All right. For sure. I, I haven't bought it yet, you? but I'm, I mean, they're 
let's pull up a chart. They are way off their highs and yeah. they are a stock that I want to own anyway. And that's kind of what I was looking for is these, these companies that I think will benefit short term and long term. And there's something that I want to have in my portfolio anyway. And Roku is one Dave, of those. Dave, I agree with you. Roku is a company, love it or hate it. It's controversial. Um, certainly Roku's not going to fall apart after this is over with, right? They're just going to continue on with their story. So if you want to get in Roku, there's probably in a better time than right now. Um, and I feel like I was actually surprised when Roku got hit as bad as they did with this because it's one of those companies I would have thought would have actually, you know, kind of kept up there with, you know, how much they have to benefit from the whole work at home, stay at home, right? It's yeah. it's crazy to me if they dropped as much as they did. I Which is why I didn't sell any of my shares. I haven't added. Maybe I'll add some more down here. Don't they get a lot I, of I love them. people afraid of an ad revenue hit? Well, th there's a potential ad revenue hit, but I... You know, their revenue, two thirds of the revenue is not from direct advertising. They do, they do sell ads and they on their own channel have an ad play, but I, the two thirds of the revenue comes from me watching stuff that I'm paying other people for. So, so Jordan, their biggest, their biggest revenue is coming from like Disney plus and Apple mm. T and Apple plus TV and, and, and net, you know, Netflix, they had, I don't think they generate a lot of revenue from Netflix, but the whole the thesis on Roku why I invested initially was that Netflix kind of refused to pay Roku hardly any money, supposedly, if anything. But now that Netflix has these two monster competitors, that the thesis was, and Roku has not said anything and neither has Netflix, but everyone's saying that Netflix is now going to be forced to pay up to start getting their shows slotted up on Roku now that there's all this competition and they can't just be like, well, I'm not paying Roku because we're the only game in town. What else yeah. are people going to watch on Roku? Yeah. That was Netflix's take. And I don't blame Netflix. So I think Roku, that's why I invested it like 120 bucks a share. And now they're, what is it, 80 now? 85 or something like 88. that? Yeah, 88. So that's their biggest advertiser. And by the way, Netflix, I mean, listen, those are good advertisers right now. Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Apple TV Plus and, and, and Netflix. So, so another one, you know, Amazon is the obvious play. They are food, they're supplies, they're the cloud. Uh, we talked about Blue Apron. Uh, that is a possible short, but they're temporarily, you know, propped up right now. One that you might want to look at is Kroger. They hired 23,000 people. They're now hiring 20,000 more people. They are an essential business. There are more people at grocery stores, more people cooking at home. If you're not ordering your blue apron, you're going to a grocery store. And as a pure play grocery store, they're, they're one that I'm looking at. I haven't bought anything yet. Um, when you look at Amazon's web, you know, web services division, their clients there are companies like Netflix and Apple and Zoom. Um, Chris, I texted you the uh, that quote out of Micron's uh, mm -hmm. earnings report where they said that the data center demand is is uh, you know even though that they're off in their sell you know sales of certain things, data center and new computers. Um, so so Micron makes they make the memory chips that yes. Amazon the AWS has to acquire to continue to expand their bandwidth for their customers. So it's like a supplier to AWS. They're supplier to Amazon. They're, they make that kind of RAM that every phone has to have in it. Um, 
like DRAM and they're they're the kind of boring part of a computer that nobody really cares. It's kind of a commodity product, but there's only three companies in the world that make them and uh, they're one of them. And they're the only US based company. Um, and I, I think the, I haven't heard anything about about um, Micron, and really, I don't know much about Micron other than last year. I know they had. It's not a. Tr it's not a trade. No, no. But here's here's what my trade is. So last year, Micron had this. They were the first to come out with a micro SD card for your camera with a terabyte of storage on it, which is what made you know. That's the last time I heard of them. But there's others like Nvidia and AMD and Intel and Qualcomm. So I don't know enough about the semiconductor market, but an ETF, a semiconductor ETF might be something to that, that I'm going to look into. So I don't know which one yet. There's several of them. They have different weightings, you know, based on different things. But like uh, SMH is one, XSD is another. So I'm, I'm going to be doing more research on the semiconductor space, not trying to pick is NVIDIA going to be better than Qualcomm, but trying to find a basket of someone, you know, an index that manages that for me. Yeah. Uh, I'll just stick with my Amazon because if any of that does well, Amazon's going to kill it with AWS. And I, like, I know we're supposed to be talking about undiscovered pandemic picks, but man, I, you know, I, I tripled down on my Amazon through levered options, call options that I'm buying every week. And God, they're doing well today. Uh, I, I cannot stop talking about how much I love Amazon through this whole trade. I, I love them. I love them so much. Uh, it's still my number one, uh, you know, uh, portfolio. They're, pick. they're also my number one holding and, and always will be. I'm trying to find alternatives. I know Amazon's going to do well. I'm just trying to find other things that, that might actually do better in the short term or companies that, that are beaten down right now that um, I'd like to be in for the long term. Uh, Online okay. education is another one. Did have you guys looked at any of those companies? I, I, I really haven't had time to. I haven't found like on, online education. I haven't. You know, the biggest is Google. Honestly, like my kids are downstairs right this second with my wife, who's also a principal and a teacher uh, for the indefinite future, and they are on Google Classroom right now. Uh, yeah. You know, the the entire school's on Google Classroom. I know other schools are on Zoom. Uh, so those are the two, you know, Zoom, Google Classroom. Uh, that's what about the actual providers of content? There's like K12, which uh, is ticker LRN. That's like a, a, a platform that allows one-on-one -on -one instruction. There's there's a bunch of them. I just haven't had enough time to research them. But mm, I there might be either. a company out there that that is interesting to look at. And then my my recovery stock, another stock that I've kind of wanted to be in, investing in China is Alibaba. Mm, they were beaten down and they're coming back. I just, I don't know. I just have such like an uncomfortable uneasiness about Chinese stocks right now. Uh, they're so manipulated by the government. There's so much manipulation in general over there right now. I, I, I'm just like staying, I feel like China hasn't gotten beaten up nearly as badly as we have. And there's so many opportunities here where we can trust the balance sheets. We can trust yeah. the corporate governance here. That I, you know, a lot of people are asking about Chinese stocks, but I, I just, I'm not messing with them only because there's opportunity here, right? Like I was. This is the first I've heard you say you trust our government. That's interesting. Well, I know it's all relative, right? Like <laughs> rel relative to China only, right? <laughs> but you know, yeah. on that note, there's so much discussion this weekend in, in you know investment 
amongst investors about the government buying equities now and like the feds actually talking about it. It's making me sick. I want to go yeah. throw up. Like this is so disgusting that we're talking about. They're talking about buying ETFs like China does, right? The government actually buying shares in the SPY. Could you even imagine how this we're only down 30 percent? That, oh. that blows my mind. Already, all everyone's money, all their retirement and 401ks are going into these and you know ETFs. No, it, 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 it's disgusting is what it is. By the way, I, I, I'm all over the place right now. But Dave, when you mentioned Netflix before, I really do want to say, man, I, I do love my Netflix trade still. And this, this new show, Tiger King, like they didn't need to have a hit show right now. They didn't, they didn't. Even need it. They, and, and actually, do you think Tiger King would have been as big of a hit if everyone weren't already at home? Uh, I mean, it was kind of amazing. That trailer for Tiger King, that, that had me. I, um, I, I watched the whole thing this weekend. So here's the thing. Like, maybe not, but still, yes. Can you pull up a, a G-Trend chart for Netflix, Dave, a five-year yeah, five five worldwide uh, on Netflix? Because... And by the way, guys, you know, we're going to you'll see us pulling, you know, Google trend charts all the time on the show. And I, I want you know, listen, years and years ago, like 10 years ago, when I was on Google Trends, wondering, like, is this like crazy that I'm relying so much on Google Trends? And of course, me and Jordan started ticker tags, which is like Google Trends for social and Twitter. Um, and then we got on Wall Street and we you know, spent the last six years of our lives hanging out and meeting with the top hedge funds in the world and quant funds in the world. And I always wondered to the degree to which Wall Street used Google Trends. And I'm also working with the largest sell-side banks in the world, from Goldman and Bank of America and Jefferies, who acquired us. Um, you would not believe the degree that Wall Street uses Google Trends. They are terrible at using it. They use the worst keywords, the worst tags ever. I spent literally three years of my life, a lot of it was training a Wall Street analyst um, and you know hedge fund managers to, on how to use Google Trends better, um, but this is one of the best investment tools available, widely available to any investor for in the world. Free, for anywhere free. in the world. <laughs> so use it, use it, but understand something: you can use it right, or you could use it. It's all about the tags you use setting benchmarks, understanding what different movements in Google Trends charts actually mean and which ones you can rely on and which ones are just noise. So, And there's always a story. There's contextualization and there's a narrative that sits underneath the data. If you don't understand the narrative, taking a big... Like right now, we're looking at Netflix just as a big term. Well, that could be a very dangerous term if you don't understand the narrative behind that spike. But man, look at that spike, Dave. That is just incredible. Let's look, let's look at that spike. It's a five-year Google Trends chart, global. Oh, whoa! Is it, is look it, at hang on. that. I think I'm uh, United States. Let's go to global. I bet it's very. That's simple. the global whoa. chart. Oh, dude! I need to buy more Netflix. Like right this second. I mean, that is. You know what I call that? That is the perfect storm. That is that's called pandemic. Everybody stuck at home, plus Tiger King, plus uh, uh, Ozark. 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 That is that is the the, the perfect storm. Pandemic. Now, if only Ozark. Carol Baskin would show up on Ozark, that would be amazing. 
<laughs> right, that would be amazing. And and I think we need to get uh, that uh, investor dude, uh, Jeff Lowe. We need to get him on Dumb Money because as a startup investor, he would be a great guy to talk to. Who are you talking about? Who's this? The in, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what episode you're into. The, the angel investor who's not to talk about anything past episode three. Don't talk about it. <laughs> don't talk about it. Well, just get ready for a guest that we need to get on our show. All right. I'm buying another thousand shares right <laughs> this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I Netflix. Can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Hold on. Wait. They got a bigger spread than I would imagine. Let me see if I can pick some up. Or I'll pick some up right in the middle, hon. So let me just let me just finish this, hon. Yeah, of Netflix. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm adding another thousand shares of Netflix right now. If I can if I can enter this on Ameritrade. Okay, let's see if I can get this order filled. Oh, filled. Okay. So I just I think I just doubled doubled my uh, position in Netflix just now. Uh, I don't. I don't have any Netflix at the moment. You don't have any Netflix. You know, honestly, I I I do not own Netflix other than tra- I only trade Netflix. I you know I've been doing I've been trading Netflix for you know five years pretty regularly six years. Jordan, we did a lot of this at Ticker Tags. A lot of our biggest trades uh, were monitoring mention frequency of shows. We would benchmark the volume of conversation for every Netflix show since the day it launched. And we were some of the first, we were the literally the best data company on Wall Street for gauging Netflix uh, subscriptions based on social volume of specific shows in next to real time. And, you know, I, I don't have, you know, we're not on ticker tags right now, but certainly search traffic kind of mimics uh, uh, conversational volume when it comes to Netflix shows. But look at this, Netflix cool. is almost back to its all time high. I, and they deserve to be there. They deserve to be there. They really do. It's the one stock I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't even care. They deserve to be there. So, um, all right. So, let's, what, what else we get here? Uh, let's go through some comments. Thoughts on Nintendo, everyone? Yeah, I mean, listen, Animal Crossing is killing it right now. I just, you know, one of the things we regularly check are the top apps, uh, the top games, the top apps on the Apple iStore, both free apps and paid apps. And uh, Animal, Animal Crossing is doing really, really well right now. I think that will be strong for Nintendo. Um, Nintendo should do well in general right now just because, right, we're, we're the stay-at-home economy. It's a great stock. I don't own any Nintendo. I haven't really looked into it. I don't know, even know, quite honestly, where it's trading right now. That's uh, oh, NTDOY, right? Yeah, NTDOY. It's a stock we've traded quite a bit in the past. But everything's a trade-off these days. It's like there's so many, there's so many good trades. You know, uh, I would have, I would have liked it down at forty. <laughs> They've come up quite a bit. It's a stock I would potentially reconsider here um, if it dips again. Uh, Peloton, yeah, I mean Peloton is one of our, it's one of our trades. We called Peloton a couple weeks ago. Uh, I, I own it now. It's not a stock I want to be in long term, but it is definitely a stock that I think will do well through the pandemic. Um, and even after the pandemic, it starts to end. Do you, think, do you guys think, Jordan, I mean, are people going to get right back into the gym again as soon as this is over? Don't you think they'll wait a few months? Like, it's not like it's going to end. And like in June or July, it's 100% back to normal life. 
don't you think that if we start to loosen the quarantine restrictions, it's going to be like, okay, people going to go to restaurants, but there's going to be social distancing. Is there any worse place than going into a gym where you're breathing heavily and doing that, that stuff, right? Well, and you're also touching things, right? You're touching. So you're touching things and then you wipe the sweat from your face or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a, a reason that people are going to rush out there. I mean, most of the time people are doing a gym because it's a more social way to work out anyways. So, I mean, maybe it's a little bit safer yeah. to have on bike at home. And, uh, so, so Piton's a no-brainer. Another person says video game publishers may be affected by sports league suspensions. Of course they are. That's just an extra... That's just an extra bonus for the Activision trade that we're in right now. Um, I'm way back on comments. I'm like an, over an hour ago on comments, just kind of looking through. Oh, just an update on Amazon. Start at the top is, oh, read out of time because I can get them on the screen. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, Dave. What did you say, Jordan? So update on Amazon. I just saw a story come across Seeking Alpha, which we were just talking about. Um, Whole Foods workers might be prepared to strike. Um, yeah, so this morning there's the story that that uh, Amazon workers, Instacart workers, um, DoorDash workers are all preparing for a strike trying to get uh, hazard pay. Yeah, I, I mean, that's going to be the negative on Amazon. I, that's why I was so shocked that Amazon was up as much as it was today. And this I, how strong Amazon, I just pay them and say, hey, let's keep this thing running. We can discuss it in a month. You know, I know they, they already gave them two dollar an hour uh, increase in wages and they're giving an extra two dollars an hour for people to go over to the food division of Amazon. So that's, that's pretty significant. But I agree with you, like just pay the hazard pay. Is it really hazard pay? I mean, maybe it is. Right. I don't I don't know. I mean, they're they're if they're doing a, a contactless delivery and they're, you know, Amazon for sure has upped its. Yeah. protocols on cleaning everything and um but you still are having to go door to door and you never know someone might open the door and cough on you yeah someone said chris is a trader i don't know who, is it because of my I, I i took some profits in rcl is that what it is <laughs> that's when they said that oh eleven thirty-two. okay sorry <laughs> um let me see. What are your uh, thoughts on insurance stocks? I saw a headline today. There has been a significant drop in auto crashes due to people staying at home, which we saw that too. Yeah. Um, no crashes, no claims, more money. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad, uh, not a bad observation. It's super interesting, right? That That's a trade that I honestly haven't spent much time researching. But if you're watching the show right now, uh, I would research that one, guys. I would research it big time because I think, and I will spend, I, I'll come back, just like I said, I'd come back today with my research on Cisco, uh, which I did and then invested in, as well as, um, uh, you know, H-E-A-R. Uh, I'm going to do some research on the insurance stocks between now and Thursday. That, that's fascinating. That's a, yeah. Because I don't really think anybody's thinking about that. I, I sent you all those graphs um, yesterday, right? Um, or Saturday with all the, you know, death incidences dropping. Um, all cause. Yeah. Um, by the way, 1134, Michael Crockett, Kyle Bass tweeted comments on CCL. Well, what comments, Crockett? What would he say? Uh, Trump, I know, is mentioning, you know, Mickey Arison by name. But I don't care what Trump's saying. Like, that's the problem is that we all know Trump wants to give the cruise lines money. I don't know why, but he does. Uh, what we don't know is how bad the degree to which Congress is going to push back on that. 
So I don't want to get caught in that war. Um, so thoughts on Six Flags at, at 11.35, West Groven. Coaster's got a coast. <laughs> Coaster's got a coast. So first of all, I don't believe Coaster's got a coast to the degree that Cruiser's going to cruise. It's just, it's, it's, there are a, a small number of like roller coaster aficionados that got a coast, but like there's a large number of cruisers who are going to cruise no matter what. <laughs> Generally so, speaking, coasters don't got a coast is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, so maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Six Flags, I, I'm staying away from it. I feel like I feel like my my high risk speculative bounce back ridiculous trade is is my cruise trade. And I'm sticking with it. Uh, so so it looks like Kyle Bass was uh, just going off on basically the things that you've said about the cruise lines. Why would we uh, as taxpayers pay for Carnival, which is incorporated in Panama, and Royal Caribbean, which is uh, incorporated in Liberia? That it's going to become a political argument, right? It's going to become war. It's going to become a and the, and the cruise lines are going to trade up and down while this war is happening, right? So mm-hmm. like, yeah, and he points out that they pay little to no taxes. So you know, he's just he's just making the same argument. It's a good argument. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, eleven uh, forty. Uh, Jeffrey Star giving out cash on the Cash App Long Square. I am Long Square. Hell yeah, I'm Long Square. I, I think Square is just, it, it, it's a Gen Z, younger millennial company. I, I want to have a piece in it, man. Like, like, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I think they can take a short-term hit, right? Uh, because you're gonna, a lot of small businesses rely on Square. Um, um, a lot they of- do. Like, what would you say Square versus like a Venmo PayPal? You know, I, I think that more people are using, at least in my circle, people are using Venmo. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah you know. you're old like me. Uh, but, but but the future, I, I see more, uh, and we could throw up a G-Trend chart of both, Square Cash and Venmo. Uh, I haven't checked it in a little bit, but historically, like, ca- Square ca- Cash app is, like, on fire. It's, like, the cool, it's the cooler way to send cash, in my opinion, of, for younger generations than, than Venmo. Yeah, like, I use Venmo. My wife uses it. Like, we use it, but we're in our mid-40s, right? Um, I think more people in their twenties are are cool using Square and Cash App. Yeah, let me pull up a uh, world. You want worldwide five years? Is that what you're looking uh, for? Yeah, here? and Cash Cash App is, I think, generally what people would be searching for. Of course, the, it's a little for Cash it, App. It's a little skewed up. because a lot of these younger people don't need to search for Cash App. Right? They just know what it is. It's like they'll talk about it on Twitter and they'll talk about it on you know social, but they're not searching for it um so i think this might be a little skewed but even there you can kind of see what i'm talking about dave like like all all the excitement is on isn't it it, you see more excitement on cash app what's the yellow yellow is the search term cash app blue is the topic cash yeah yeah i'll i'll take that g trend chart on cash app over venmo any day uh, so, so my trade here on, on, on money is, is on that is, ca- and by the way, like when I bought in a couple of weeks ago, it was cash. I mean, square was down big. I just loved it there. Um, and I'm sticking with that trade. Is anybody use the Apple pay version? No, I have, I have an account with all of them and it, I just seem to use Venmo most, but maybe that's just my circle. Yeah, we also it's, use Venmo the most, but I'm 
you know, I'm 40. So it's, it's weird, right? It's like a branding thing almost. It's like, and I agree. I, I think in our circle, we are definitely all on Venmo, yeah. but you know, cash app is just seems to be way cooler for, for, for yeah. like the generation that matters. That's using it. Sounds cool. What? Um, just a bit of housekeeping here. Um, this commenter says that they subscribe to both of our channels, which we thank you very much. We both we have our original Dumb Money channel is about startups and investing and founders and and new companies, and this channel is about stocks and equities. Uh, but Dumb Money Live doesn't show up in the subscriber feed whenever there's a live show. I am having the same thing, and I'm probably the biggest watcher of both of our channels. Yeah, but did you ring the, I only see the original channel? So I'm. I guess it's just the algorithm favors more established uh, channels, and we're trying to get people to come over. Um, today, we're not even streaming this on the uh, old channel. We just have a graphic up that says we're on live right now. Dave. Here is the only place you're going to be able to watch this, but we do have over 200 viewers, so that's awesome. Uh, guys, and the only way the new channel is going to start alerting people is if we get lots of likes. Thumbs up. Please give it a like yeah. right now. Ring we really bell. appreciate Ring it. Bell. Ring the bell, Dave. Oh, yeah. And ring that bell for notifications. Please, please, please ring the notification bell. I need um, to get like a graphic that has a big bell that makes a sound effect. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that. I know that we can do that in this platform here. Uh, Dave, your hair is like Tiger King at 1155. Danny H. That is awesome. No, I, I definitely know uh, my um, my uh, uh, Halloween costume. If we're allowed to go out of the house by October, I know what I'm going to be for Halloween. <laughs> I'm not sure which character, but you gotta grow out the mustache though. Dude. Mustache. I, I will, you know, shave and bleach all, and it'll be amazing. I wanna be that character so bad, I think I can pull it I off. I think there's gonna be a lot of Joe Exotics out there. I think, I think it's I gonna be the most popular costume. <laughs> this makes a great wait. couple costume too, because you can have a Carol Baskin. Oh, I cannot wait. Me and Amy are one thousand percent doing that i don't care how many other people do we will do you remember when i went as uh as um james franco for spring breakers and i spent like a month getting a special wig made out i'll, I'll bring a picture yes. of the next episode didn't you have a grill also i had the dude i it was insane if you guys saw was spring, I'll, I'll see if i can find it you while you're talking. spring breakers uh i don't know like seven eight years seven years ago day eight years ago nine years ago um it's the greatest costume of all time. And I, I think I could recreate something similar, get a custom wig made for this uh, <laughs> Tiger King. Um, by the way, I'm seeing a comment 1154, uh, Michael KHC, which is Kraft Heinz, and CPB with his Campbell soup uh, as pandemic trades. Listen, this is what we would call, uh, an, you know, a, a, non, a very obvious pandemic trade. And I'll tell you why I don't like them. Uh, they're played out. I personally think kind of like Clorox. I think the second this thing is over, those stocks are going to come way down uh, back to their normal levels. So like, I just, I'm not excited about any of that stuff. Yeah. yeah they're going to do yeah, great. I, right I agree. Now. I, I see uh, Campbell's as a hoarding play. So like Charmin is not going to really move the needle for who, who makes that. It's uh, is it Jane Jade? Colgate, one of the companies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but of the hoarding companies, like those are the generic defensive stocks that everyone seems to get into as they're stockpiling for. Uh, but yeah, um, what about what about that ammo company, uh, Vista Outdoor? Oh, again, uh, well, Vista Outdoor is again not not something I would want to be in long term. But 
Are, is it, that still happening? Well, they're not an ammo company. They're, they're, they're Smith & Wesson, but there is a separate company that deals with a lot of ammo stuff. And I just don't like those companies. They're weird. They're stale. I think they're going to come right back to reality when this whole thing is over. It doesn't pass my whole stickiness test. Uh, will it remain kind of elevated when this whole thing is over? Uh, by the way, thanks, Drew, at 1202. Jeffree Star giving out cash on Cash App. Long square. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Jeffree Star, I mean, he 15 million viewers. He uses Cash App. That's kids. Kids are watching. They want to use Cash App. Um, yeah, and also, said, um, like Mr. Beast is doing, you know, a million, you know, delivering a million food. There, there's a lot of good stuff going on on YouTube. It's, um, it's, it's actually amazing. Uh, you know, it's, all right. Let me. Just, and I'm only halfway paying attention because I'm looking for a picture of you dressed no, as no, uh, no, the no, Spring Breakers. You, you know what year uh, that was that you did the costume? Uh. Again, seven, eight, or nine years ago, I would say, probably. It feels it to me, like seven, eight, nine years ago. God, time flies. By the way, there's a lot of people like Sujay Buzam. Everyone's questioning me on my Amazon. Guys, with a stock like Amazon, how do you know its current price doesn't already reflect its future earnings and growth potential? Listen, all, all stocks are going to reflect what investors currently believe or there is a discount to their future price future revenue and earnings right now. That, that's your efficient markets hypothesis, right? What we do is we think when people are underappreciating what those future revenues are, um, Amazon is one of them. Like we, we've been long Amazon for a very long time. Uh, today, I think people are underappreciating the lift that Amazon is going to get from this pandemic. It's We're all about cultural shifts and shifts in consumer behavior. That is at the core of our trading methodology. So this pandemic is, is creating a shift in con consumer behavior um, that's shifting to uh, digital, that's shifting to online grocery, okay? That's shifting to doing more things on the web, which obviously impacts AWS. It's shifting how corporations think about uh, workforces and think about cloud computing. All of these areas, all of these cultural shifts right now are favoring Amazon. So whatever you thought about Amazon pre-pandemic, it's only going to be better post-pandemic, okay? And in pandemic, it's through the roof. So like Amazon, in our world at least, we don't think Amazon could lose. Again, we're not financial we're not financial advisors. Don't listen to us. This is how we trade. We're doing this for education and entertainment only, but do not mimic our trades. But for us, for our risk tolerance, uh, Amazon is as good as it gets. So um, yeah, that, that's it for Amazon. Uh, Reliance uh, at 12.06, looking up Reliance Industries Limited. It's the biggest telecom provider in the world with 330 million subs in India, and the whole country is in lockdown right now. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not familiar with Reliance Industries Limited. Uh, it's, it, it seems like they're an India-focused telecom provider. I don't know if they have an ADR that trades in the U.S. or not. Um, it's certainly an off-radar trade. That's for such a large company, if it's India-centric, yeah. um, that is... Like, I think, actually, our, tel you know, AT&Ts and Verizons of the world will, um, you know, they're, they're seeing higher call volumes, more internet usage. I don't know if, like, Charter or any of those internet stocks might be something to look at. Yeah, so Reliance Industries is one that I'll, you know, guys, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it, um... Uh, oh, someone's interested. So this is interesting. Uh, William Pan at 1207 says, any idea between 
pay C, pay X, and ADP. So I'm assuming one of those is paychecks, I would imagine, ADP, yeah. payroll. Uh, so I'll, I'll disclose something here. Uh, as you guys already know, uh, I was going to make a pretty substantial investment in a private company called Gusto, uh, which is a big competitor to paychecks and ADP. And that deal was supposed to close a week and a half ago. And I froze the deal. I did not invest because I was so concerned about, you know, about small business canceling those accounts or not utilizing those accounts uh, while they're frozen through this period. I think ADP and paychecks and a lot of these companies, same thing. I, I feel like isn't a lot of that variable spend like based on how much you're processing so if there are major layoffs, if we do get to this scenario where there's 20% of the workforce is like 30% people are saying, even if it's only 10%, I, I believe that would directly impact the variable revenue at companies like Paychex and ADP. So I haven't really looked at them as a short candidate, but I will. I will. I'm going to mark it down right here. It's another one I'll come back and uh, hopefully I'll have a better opinion on for Thursday. Okay. Uh, let's see, uh, again, people are throwing out great tags for Netflix, Netflix login, Netflix app, Netflix cost is a nice one. I use that tag all the yeah. time. Netflix subscribe is even a better one. Like Netflix in combination with the word subscribe is one that I regularly look at. And that's one we're talking about. It's important. Netflix login is when people are looking for someone else's login to steal. Problem, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Netflix cost or Netflix price might be. <laughs> yeah, Netflix cancels another one, right? So it's all about the tags, guys. Uh, Glassdoor is a helpful tool assessing how employees feel about their job and CEO. Absolutely. God, we, you, we spend so much time on sites like Glassdoor. I'm glad that Wes Grover at 1208, thank you. Appreciate that comment. Uh, Glassdoor is an amazing free resource, and it really does give you kind of an insider's look into are there layoffs that are happening that haven't been announced, but that employees are talking about the fact that they just got laid off. Uh, Glassdoor is a great place for that type of info. Uh, let's see. Ozark. <laughs> uh, fixed employee Ozark here to say that you guys rock. <laughs> Thank you, Austin Barry. I assume he's an employee at one of our old companies we invest in fixed, uh, fixed repair. Fixed employee here, uh, yeah. He's asking about long-dated puts on Zillow Group. What do you guys think about Zillow here? I mean, Zillow got into the business of flipping houses, right? Which is yeah, super I, risky, super right. risky. Could this be the thing that kind of messes with Zillow's strategy? And they're, they're kind of highly leveraged now. With like, where they have like thousands and th tens of thousands, thousands of houses that they own, that they're trying to flip? Could this disrupt that? Is yeah, that um, right now? What? N nobody's buying houses right now. No one's buying houses. They got down to 20, came back to 40. Yeah. Oh, man, what a chart. What a, That's what a incredible. Play. Dave, From is that 65 is that a 90 to 20 day? to 40. Is that a 90-day you're looking at? Uh, um, that is a... I don't even know. 120 day. Can we pull like a you know at least like a one year so we get to see where they are historically? Like here's a one year. Okay, so they're kind of they're kind of. And this is five year. Five, so they kind so, of. 
So they could get crushed here if that whole speculative house flipping thing gets crushed as part of this. And don't you think Zillow's core business? Let's check into this one. I'm going to check in more into this one for Thursday, guys. Thank you so much for mentioning Zillow. It's a stock we have traded in the past. I, I just was off my radar. There's so much to look at right now. It's That's crazy. Great about doing the show is not only are we helping people think about things, but people are helping us. Uh, uh, yeah, Crockett again just throws up Lulu at twelve eleven. Yeah, man, I, I'm not selling my Lulu. I don't care. Yeah, uh, Lulu, Lulu is like one of these companies that there's two big growth areas for them. One is international, which I just know they're going to kill it. It just might take longer now. The other is menswear, right? Like it used to be. I used to. I remember when I used to invest in uh, Under Armour, and the big deal for them was like going from men to women which they ultimately kind of failed at. And then footwear and international, they kind of failed at all three of those. Yeah. Uh, Lulu has to execute on international and they have to execute on menswear. And they also have to execute quite honestly on digital now more than ever. And I believe they will execute on all three of those. I just, I love them. And, and so yeah. I'm, I'm not selling any of my Lulu. I, I doubled down on Lulu uh, after the crash. Yeah, I think their menswear is actually really good. I wear a lot of oh, Lulu. They're great. I mean, they're great. I, I actually read a news article said that said the stigma of men wearing Lulu is finally going away. So, Jordan, good good for you. You you were yeah, a trendsetter. It was, was like cool. Five years. I yeah, you you were early, but you're one of those bicycle riders. You're like a, you know you, you yeah. do all that all that kind of you know. You're, 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 I don't want to, you're like ahead of the curve on that stuff. I also read another article about um, cities where biking is big, considering bike shops to be essential businesses, like in uh, there, San Francisco. In Dallas and in, uh, in Tarrant counties. So, yeah, so every, every region has its own definition of essential businesses. In, in bike riding communities, the bike shops have to be open. In Denver, the weed shops have to be open. Um, there's, there's uh, like, I think I think Dillard's is staying open. Like, uh, doesn't even make sense. Why would anyone even go to a mall right now? But maybe they're just desperate. Um, I saw that Guitar Center is keeping locations open because they're essential. Oh, that that's um, that's insane. So Jordan, uh, you know Howard Lindzen is a big biker. Howard Lindzen is the founder of StockTwits. He's a friend. Uh, I'm an investor in StockTwits. Uh, Howard was an investor in our company. And I'm actually, I have, a, I have a phone meeting with Howard tomorrow morning. I might try to get him on Dumb Money and see if he wants to come on here. Guys, oh, let, us know, let us know if you'd like to have Howard on Dumb Money. He's, he's an icon in, in social investing for sure. Uh, but he's a big bicycle rider and someone was ripping on him. There's a new movie out right now, Jordan. I don't know if I sent to you about, uh, or new television show, I think on Netflix. Yeah. Is it, is it supposed to be really good? But like, here's my issue. I can't do you know, when it's late at night and I'm like trying to relax, I can't do subtitles because it's all movie star with the Spanish team and like it's all subtitles. So what was interesting, I thought, is he said he's going to stop riding bikes because it's, it's dangerous right now. And it, you can, you know, to some extent, right? And and you could get in the hospital and defeats the whole purpose, right? Of, I'm actually of staying off of my, I'm staying off my road bike right now just because I don't want to end up in a situation where I have to go to a hospital and the, Corona, or they won't let me in. You know, it's a bad. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's everyone's being extra cautious right now. Whether it's going outside or just you know doing any kind of dangerous activity, you don't you don't want to like sprain your 
hand or something because you're going to have to go to a hospital. Yeah, I mean, you can deal um, with that, but if you break a bone, right, um, you know, you would have to go. The, um, th there's a comment here that Peloton won't benefit because they've stopped shipping and manufacturing. That's that's an interesting oh. point. A lot of these, lot of these companies that, that might be great for the stay-at-home economy may not be able to uh, produce their products. That's really surprising that Peloton would have stopped manufacturing because China, I think they're doing that stuff in like China, aren't they? And they're they're manufacturing again. Like why? Oh, I know why. Because Peloton needs to be assembled inside of a, brought into a house. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's oh, wrong. delivery. Yeah, the in-house delivery. They said the tread has to be assembled in the house. And so they stopped the tread. I think they're still delivering bikes, but I could be wrong. Okay, Jordan, could you find out about that yeah, for Thursday's yeah, show? Yeah, I'll double check that. But at least a week ago when I looked at it, it was only the tread that they had stopped delivering. Okay, that's like super important because I might sell my Peloton. If they, if they stop shipping the actual bikes, I'm out, man. I'm out for a while, for now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, um, dollar discount stores. Hell no. Like you got dollar discount stores. You have to go in them. No one's ordering to their house from a discount dollar discount store, right? There's no delivery on a $5 item. No, like have you I, looked at they, they what are they them. doing? I, I haven't even looked. I, they have such terrible e-commerce. That's the one thing they've always missed that I thought about shorting them. And then they already got crushed so bad. I didn't. Yeah. But now that they're back up nah, to the mid seventies, I might actually maybe can maybe consider shorting them. I don't know. Um, it's such a beloved company that when this whole thing is over, they'll be fine again. Yeah. But I have to take a look at their balance sheet and just see how bad you know how bad they are. Uh, I, you know, I you know I love Five Below, but no one's going to Five Below. Like they, you have to go there in person. They have no delivery, so they're basically completely shut down, right? With virtually zero e-commerce. This is a company whose revenue probably just went to zero. All right, I'm going to come back and talk about Five Below on Thursday, guys. So listen, this has been an awesome episode, but we and have just, a lot just, of you know, One of our viewers actually has talked to Peloton. They called them, and they said they are delivering bikes but not treadmills. Okay, good to know. Uh, Crockett again, talking about ABC and Pant. What the, what's Pant? Oh, that's their, uh, so that's the men's pant that uh, it's like their basic. Oh, you're still talking about Lululemon. <laughs> he loves Lulu. Uh, Love the ABC pant. Wait, so Dollar General, this just came in, 239, are serving households that would never consider delivery due to age or income. I, Evil Genius 007, what are you saying? Dollar General is delivering? Um. I don't can't imagine that Dollar General. Dollar General is, he's basically saying that Dollar General serves a population that would not pay extra for delivery because they are older and don't believe in spending money, or they don't have the money to spend. I, I think, think that's the what he's that though is that uh, they're also in communities that aren't as hard hit by Corona, so maybe there's right. a concern there. Yeah, they, they, they may not be hunkering down yet. Yeah, uh, that that's. That's fair, I guess. Um, that's fair. All right, guys. I like we have a lot of a lot of tickers that we'll have to do some more research on for Thursday's show. But I think 
you know, this has been this has been awesome. Like we have some really sweet picks. Uh, you know, as you know, I, I entered two new positions today. Like I said, I, I you know, I'm in H E A R. Uh, I'm in Cisco, the food. I'm, I'm shorting the food company Cisco uh, due to restaurants, but and there's a lot of others we discussed today that are kind of not quite interesting enough to trade, like CrowdStrike. Um, what do you guys think? Are you guys would you consider Turtle Beach or shorting Cisco after today's show? I think I'm going to stay out of that one, but I am interested in shorting Blue Apron. Uh, I'm going to be buying. Roku, Roku and Netflix. Um, I doubled down on Netflix during the show today. Uh, that's, that's a big move too. You you did a thousand shares. That's what three hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Well, I double. Yeah, and now I'm at. Uh, let's see. I'm trying two thousand shares now. Uh, let me see how many I had before. Oh uh, no, twenty five hundred shares. I have got a ton of Netflix right now. Uh, 25, yeah, 2,500 shares. So, yeah. But why not? Like, they got everything going for them right now. Everything, right? They're, they've got to be crushing it. Tiger King all the way. Um, that's it, guys. Uh, yeah, make sure you do uh, smash the like button. It helps us out with the YouTube algorithm. If you're not already subscribed, do it on both channels. Dumb Money Classic, Dumb Money Live. I don't know what we're going to call the original. It's just Dumb Money but turn on notifications. This that you're watching right now is a brand new channel and apparently nobody is getting notified. It's not showing up in the, in the feed. It's not showing up in the stream. Know that we're going to do these episodes Mondays and Thursdays, same time, same channel. Okay. Mondays and Thursdays, 11 a.m. Central time. Uh, so please do tune in. You can also listen anytime. Our episodes are on Spotify, uh, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, and uh, you can listen. And once you the don't have to see us, though, so really you should watch us on YouTube. It's the best place to catch us. And once the episode actually gets posted to YouTube, you can leave a permanent comment that we will all try to respond to. It could take us a day or two or three, uh, but we we'll try yes. to get to all those comments. Uh, I got so to between this episode and the next episode, we'll be looking at the comments on this episode. So so if you posted something in the chat and that goes away because when we trim the beginning and end of these, sometimes that disappears, definitely leave your comments down below. Um, yeah, and if you have any new stocks who wants to look into that we haven't talked about, uh, you know, put them out there and we'll do our best to, you know, research them and we'll share our opinions with you guys. Really appreciate it. Hey, both of our picks today came from subscribers, which is blows my mind right now. There's too much opportunity out there, and we need your help. You know, kind of set our direction, where to look, and, and we'll do the work. We'll do the research. We'll talk about it, and maybe together yep. we'll, we'll find some good trades. Thank you guys so much for watching. Don't go outside. <laughs> I'm Dave Hansen for Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. We will see you next time. <laughs>